Welcome to Kick Some ADHD, the podcast for professionals and business owners who struggle to stay focused and get the important stuff done. We'll help you understand how to maximize the unique advantages that come with ADHD and learn ways to keep the struggles and negative impacts at bay. Now, here are your hosts, ADHD coach for professionals, Dana Rayburn, and digital marketing strategist, David Johnson. All right, Dana, I'm feeling kind of zany today. I don't know. You never know what's coming. Are we wild and zany today, David? Are we up for antics and antidotes? (laughs) With a word, David titled this a word I cannot say and I definitely cannot spell. Well, I was thinking antics is, you know, that's just a fun word, like shenanigans and things. Like, you know, but we're actually. say antics. I know. We're going to share anecdotes, though. And so I think ADHD antics and anecdotes is fun because it's alliterative. Yeah. Yes. What's it about the anecdotes? I know. It's such a weird word. We don't we don't have a lot of words in English with that vowel. Or with, I'm sorry, with that consonant cluster, the CD anecdotes. But anyway. It's a, yeah. Okay. Well, we won't go into cluster stuff. Anyway. Well, there are clusters. Um, there are, this, this is full of clusters, actually. <laughs> this is full of a cluster, especially if you want me to say it. All right. This is episode 112 of the Kicksome ADHD podcast yeah. with my friend and colleague David Johnson and I'm David Ray- David Rayburn Dana Rayburn Wow Woo-hoo-hoo. if you combined us that would be really scary <laughs> I know that's uh that would be a wild combination. So, David, what are we up? What are we up to today? We're we're we're, we're telling stories. Today's fun. I mean, I uh, yeah. you know you you mentioned this idea recently, and and for whatever reason, I completely missed. Maybe this is an ADHD anecdote in and of itself. I missed the childhood part, and so I was thinking about ADHD moments from my whole life. Some of which definitely happened in adulthood before I was diagnosed. I mean, there are probably some since I was diagnosed, but before I was diagnosed, I just didn't know they were ADHD related, and now I do. And so, yeah, we're. We're gonna have fun tell, telling stories today. Telling from stories, I know, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. So okay. So what we did is we what I thinking this through is kids do silly things. I mean, they just do funny stuff. You, you know that, and we all have really funny things we did as kids. And then I started to think, yeah, but would neurotypical people? My friends didn't do the things that I'm going to be talking about here. <laughs> So that is that's the deal. This isn't just something that any kid would do. This is something that you can directly relate to an ADHD trait or symptom or something like that. Yes, and there are definitely moments from even my childhood where it's like, yeah, the signs were there. Uh, there's no way that a neurotypical human would have done. I still have one that I'm not sure I'm going to share. I don't know. Yeah, he says it's really gross. It's, he won't even gross. tell me what it is. Well, I, I have a few gross ones too that I'm not sharing either. I just don't want to gross anybody out. But yeah, I, but yeah, honestly, we don't, we the, don't that need thing... to. No, nothing gross. No okay. grossness. No gro- today. Well, we I have, have one that's mildly on this list. I have a mildly gross one that I'm probably going to. Well, you share. could do the mildly okay, gross, right, but good. nothing, nothing gross. Gross. We don't want me throwing up into my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That could be great audio right there. <laughs> all right so do you want to start david oh do do i start you start why don't you start yeah okay i think you have more examples yeah i I mean that you that you prepared not that (laughs) and we were realizing as we were talking about this that david and i were both basically good kids we really were my mom says i was the one that never really charged caused any problems except for my grades in my messy room but it was um we were both basically good kids so 
there's, you know, a lot of, some of the stuff was kind of boring when I did this, but all right. So avoiding hard stuff. So I remember in the third grade, David, Miss Prince was my teacher and Miss um, Prince probably would have been happy in life doing anything but being a third grade teacher. But those were the days when women could be teacher, nurse, secretary, right? Mm. So Miss Th- Prince was this very unhappy third grade teacher. Anyway, we had to do an oral report and mine was on ants. Okay. And I did not do the report, the oral report. And I wasn't Uh-oh. ready. It was my turn. So I went through all the class and everybody got up and did their report. And she called little Dana Kerwin to come up. And I said, I already did mine. <laughs> did you pull this <laughs> off? Did you I sell did. it? <laughs> I sold it. I said, I already did it, Miss Prince. She said, when? I did it two days ago, Miss Prince. And she's looking at me, and I just told, I, I already did it. You know, Miss Prince, where were you? Oh, my gosh. And, my, and she asked the class, and they all agreed with her. They agreed with you? I mean, with me, with me, yeah. Yeah, they backed your me third up. grade class had your back? They had my back. Wow. Well, that so is now, a great story. <laughs> so now, as, as an adult, I'm thinking, poor Miss Prince was... What was that woman thinking? She's starting to crack. Well, probably that this, yeah. this, yeah, that she's starting to crack. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that that is one of my examples of avoiding hard stuff, not doing my homework. And I have many, many, many more. Well, well, okay, I'm going to do the fourth grade Japan report really fast because it's sort of in the same line. Okay, I have a fourth so grade we, one too when you're, ne- when you're, yeah, when you're you done. Do. Yeah, you do. So we, ha- we were supposed to, it was for open house. No, it wasn't open house. It was the, the whatever where your parents come at the end of the year and everybody looks, all your work is laid out and everybody uh, looks at it. Okay. Yeah. And we all were, we, this was our practice at being self-directed. So we, she was not micromanaging us. We were all supposed to on our own write a report on Japan. Yeah. And have drawings and write-ups. And it was this multi-page report that was clipped together and put out on the desks and tables for everybody to come and look at. Okay. I did nothing. <laughs> it was blank. There was a cover and pages, blank pages. Did anybody notice? No one called me on it, including my parents. <laughs> well, they, I got a D. Well, did your parents... I got a D in the class. No! They, they never even, nobody even asked oh, me. Oh, it's so funny. So you put like pages in it so it looked thick. But, like, yeah. it was empty. They were all blank. They were all blank. Oh, that is so great. God, I'm but sorry. I, now, then I wonder how come even my mom didn't call me on it. What I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this now, not that I think it's great for people to deceive and be deceptive, but just that you played it off. <laughs> I like was the my queen. hat is off to you right now. See, this, <laughs> this is the thing. This is why we learn to gain those, those, what did my 10th grade English teacher called it? Bombastic style was her way to define the BS acronym. <laughs> like, but we, we learned early to sling because we always had to cover for ourselves. So my fourth grade story was, and I, I don't remember doing this. My parents have told me this, but that, that when at the end of fourth grade, they were, the, the school came to my parents and said, we have this gifted and talented program that we're starting. The whole school district was starting this that, the next year. And they were telling my parents that they, they thought I should be in it. And my parents were like, what are you talking about? <laughs> because <laughs> a, apparently 
I was turning in math tests in fourth grade with only like, you know, it would be like the, there were problems on the front and the back and I would turn in the test and I would only have done the front. And apparently at first the teacher was, was like, no, here, you, you forgot the ones on the back. And, but I hadn't forgotten them. Apparently I was a stubborn little <laughs> human. And I was like, look, I've done as many as I'm going to do. I've shown on the front that I know how to do the problems. And if you can't figure that out from the front, then that's on you or something. I mean, obviously I wasn't that eloquent, but that was like my whole attitude about the whole thing. Yeah. I just refused to do more work. Right. (laughs) Right. Oh, that's beautiful, David. Yeah. Uh, And that really is in line with what we do. Rules apply to other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we're not going to do stuff that just doesn't make sense to us. At some point, so so like I said, I don't remember doing that, but I do know that at some point I started to recognize that the rules of the universe are actually a lot more flexible than they appear to be. (laughs) Kind of like, you know, with Morpheus, not Morpheus, but but, um, in the Matrix, Neo, there is no spoon. Like, you know, the real world just isn't as rigid and firm as people think. And you can it actually break a lot of the rules. Yeah. yeah, but if you're in school, you get in trouble. For and so I didn't. Yeah, I wasn't like you. I was not a behavior problem at school. My 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 parent, my dad was a Marine. So I knew discipline was severe if I was ever a, a, a behavior problem. So it just didn't happen. But but it turns out I found other ways. <laughs> To, to yeah. you know, rebel against the system. Yeah, I'm not going I, I already showed you I could do it. Right. Lady, I'm not going to do it anymore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, look at you. Yeah. So I have some about being very distracted because, you know, I have inattentive type ADHD. Right. And, and now I think it's more combination type. But when I was a kid, it was pretty straight inattentive. Mm. Uh, so I was on a relay team in sixth grade. And so it was a relay race. It was for field day, you know, where all the kids go out and run races and do all this stuff. And I think, and I was a fast sprinter. That was one of the things I could do as I, I um, was even more than a really fast runner. So I was the, um, what do they call it? The final person, the oh, anchor yeah. the or anchor. something on the mm-hmm. relay team, yeah. which means I was standing and waiting way out in the field away from uh, everybody and everything. Uh, and I was just standing there waiting for the, my who my teammate to come running around with the baton. Oh boy. Well, by the time they got to me, I was in space, you know, yeah, I was and just you're already supposed to be staring. running so that you, you've already matched. I'm already pace. supposed to be. <laughs> yes. I'm already supposed to be running and I'm just standing there looking around. Oh my. Yeah. And they get to me and I'm in a dead stop. And, th- and then it was, Oh, what are you doing? Oh, a baton. Oh yeah. I got, I've got to look run. At that. So that was my, yeah, yeah. Look at that. Did you, did you yeah. pull it off? Did you still win? No, oh, we lost, and then I was no. not popular. The people who had backed me up in the third grade for the ant report—they turned on you. Probably, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah I, my popularity started waning pretty quickly after oh my the third gosh. grade thing. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite stories from clearly, clearly ADHD. Now that I think about it, is is when I was being fired. I was nineteen. I was working for a not for profit, and I had um, done a bunch of technology related stuff but they had a budget cut and um the, it, it turns out the guy that that was the general manager uh, uh, of the area that i was in was um had every intention of continuing to pay me he was just gonna he was just gonna lower the the salary column mine was the was the most recent full-time salary that had been added and the board had made a decision you got to cut salary so he's like well, your decision or your your position has to go and he was trying to tell me that he would just hire me back as a contractor so that I would you know but I said listen I'll go you one better you don't have to you don't have to make promises you can't keep I said I'm just gonna triple my hourly 
and I'll go find other clients and, and I'll do, I'll do your work technology related work and that's how I started my first business I was in the meeting where I was being fired and he agreed on the spot to triple my hourly rate <laughs> and <laughs> and I went and found other clients and I ran that business for like five or six years it was great it was a technology business wow wow <laughs> but you and know, were you even nervous or anything you probably oh, no, didn't think I was about just, it I was perfectly I was just like this is the simplest thing in the world now I, I later when I thought about it I was like where did the cojones come from for me to just be like, I'm going to triple my hourly? Because I hadn't, I clearly had not thought about any of this ahead of time. I was just in right. the meeting and just, you know, I, I always struggle with the past tense of to wing it. So I don't know what the, the like, I improvised. You, you wonged it. I wanged it. it. I wanged it. I went, whatever it is. I don't know what that. <laughs> Improvise. This is a family friendly show. Never mind. I improvised. Yes. <laughs> so, um, and that was, and, and, and you know what? That was, a, that was one of the greatest moves I ever made. I was 19 at the time. So I wasn't, I wasn't a child, but it was. It was also my first, you know, dip into being an entrepreneur, you know? It was yeah. Great. Yeah. Look at you go. Well, well. Look at you go. <laughs> yeah. So I want to know about the first one under hyper-focused on our notes, David. Okay. Yeah. And I can see why, because I shouldn't type this in there. So, you know, okay. So yeah. I'm in sixth grade and I was in this program now, that, that gifted, talented program that I was, that I was mentioning earlier. And I, half of my grade, half of my day, every day was with, um, like language arts and, and we were broken out. There were only like five or six of us kids, maybe eight, I don't know, a few of us in this middle school. And, um, the way that the school district ran was we, instead of like semesters and quarters, this school district ran on, on six weeks. So you had six, six week periods and this part of half of our grade for this block of time, half of the grade was, was independent study. And so at the very first of the year, the teacher laid it out. You're going to study. You're going to pick a topic. You're going to study anything you want, but then you're going to come back and present a report. And we had all these requirements like, you know, at the end of the sixth grade, well, or at the end of six weeks. So I, um, Haley's comment was coming through. Now I'm really dating myself. So if you're doing the math, you can figure out when this was. Haley's comment was coming through. I was so interested in it. 1985. Yep. 85, 86. I dove yep. into Haley's Comet. I learned everything there was to learn. But but when it got to the end of the first six weeks period, I was I went to the teacher. I'm like, listen, there's still a lot more to learn. And so I convinced her to let me have another six weeks. So I doubled the length of the thing. But then when it was time at the end of the second six weeks period to to present the report, I had all this material and it was so interesting. And I and I, one of the things I had done is bought a I bought the smallest one you could get, but it was a Haley's Comet T-shirt. And I was a little kid, and they didn't sell youth sizes, so it was an adult small and it went down to my knees it turned out to be such a good thing because when i was presenting the report i was so hyper focused on this thing and i talked for i don't know it was probably a full two hours on haley's comment <laughs> i had to go to the bathroom i had to pee and and it you know how like I, this is such an adhd trait like ignoring your own body Mm-hmm. And so there I am and I'm standing there and I'm like, well, I'm still in the middle of this. I can't like break my train of thought right now. And so I don't know, it was maybe an hour and a half into the thing. I'm like, well, screw it. So I just peed in my pants right there and kept talking and nobody ever knew. <laughs> and did, and, but you realized you did and you had your long t-shirt on? I made the decision to do it actually. Cause I was like, once I realized that I had to pee so badly, like, like that I'm like, ah, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> And, and you know, like I said, nobody ever noticed. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You know, 
Okay, my hyper-focused one isn't nearly as fun. But we were at, I was in high school and we were at a football game. It was an away game. And I was, the game was over. And we were all standing up singing our fight songs. And you know me, I love a good song, especially oh, a good yeah. school fight song. And every all, everybody that on my side left to go get the buses to go back to our school. But I didn't know it. So we're done with all the fight songs. And I turn around and everybody I go to high school with is gone. <laughs> and I am on this campus all by myself oh and it's out in the country and it's these big rolling hills and you know the football stadium is far away from everything and everybody else and you i had no idea where the buses were how to get back oh no and i can remember panicking and running all over the place looking for the buses looking for the buses and being so tired you know how when you're so tired you can hardly think you're gonna die yeah from running and um finally i get to the buses Everybody in my school is sitting on the buses waiting because they knew time. I wasn't there. Oh. I got they waited for me, but it was probably a ha- they all sat there for a half an hour waiting oh, for no. me. Oh boy, yeah. yeah. But it was just I remember that I turn around and look, and everybody is gone. Oh my, oh that's great. Just so it's that hyper focus thing. Yeah, yeah, and. Yeah, that's just that's a thing of beauty. I mean, I I have many many examples of hyper focusing, but yeah. but none are nearly as fun as those. I mean, those are those are some good ones uh. right there. Um, okay, so I'm looking at the clock. Yeah. Okay, give me one more. Okay, um, let's talk about kind of the. I, I think this gets back to like not being risk averse. So. <laughs> And, and I don't know what the right word is because like risk tolerant doesn't say it. Like we embrace risk. We kind of live for, you know, like, like risky moments. Like, uh-huh. oh, I was, yeah. they uh, light us up. I was, I was flying for work at the time I was an employee and I had to be at a conference, but the, the, the company I worked for at the time was a very small business and they were really budget conscious and they had used a travel agent to get the cheapest possible flight for me to be at this conference and so I had four legs. I had to change planes three different times. Oh, man. And in each case, if I had missed a flight, I was screwed because, like, the next flight, you know, from from point A, B, C, or D to wherever was another day or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was like I couldn't yeah. miss the flights. But I had a layover in Atlanta. And it was like, I don't remember. I think it was about two hours. And... um I had a bunch of luggage because, like, I was, you can't check bags when you're changing planes that many times. It's not, it's, you know, it was, I was even changing yeah. airlines. It was bad. So I had this big thing of luggage. <laughs> and at the time, this is in the 1990s, there was such a thing as the Universal Studios store. And I had been in one once in Atlanta, and they had a Tasmanian Devil watch that I really wanted. And so if you've ever flown through Atlanta, you know that the MARTA is the bus that runs, or the train that runs, you know. So, I, f- I, I had no idea how it was going to work, but I'm like, I think I have just enough time to go buy that watch. <laughs> so I, I, I got out off the flight that I was on and I, I looked around and I found a place where you could just like check your luggage, not check with an airline, but just stash. And like they would hold on to it. Like you check your coat at a restaurant. They gave yeah. me a claim ticket. I ran to the MARTA station and, and like in every case, the MARTA, the doors were open. And it, they closed right behind me. I took the train downtown. I got off at, at that time, it was an underground Atlanta. It was a shopping district. I ran through the thing. I got to the, to the Universal Studios store. 
and they had one watch left. It turns out it was the one in the case. And funny side story, I ran into two of my friends from home in Florida that had driven to Atlanta and were in the store. (laughs) (laughs) But the guy's looking all over, he's trying to find a watch, and he's like, I think this is the last one. So I bought the watch, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I really have to go, and I said bye to my friends, and I ran. Same thing, doors closed behind me, and I'm and I'm and I'm sitting on the train and I'm listening to these two business guys that were in front of me and they were talking about a time management one of them's like, Yeah, I was a time time management seminar and this lady said, If you haven't missed a flight recently, you're spending too much time in airports and I'm like, Oh crap You know <laughs> and I'm sweating it, you know. And so then we get to it the, the airport and they, it was like the Marta station to walk from there to where you take the tram to get to your to your actual yeah. flight was not very far. I ran across to the other part of the place and found my, you know, wherever where I checked my bags. I got my luggage and I, I've got this huge thing of luggage and I'm running and I'm huffing and I get to the to the little train thing and these two same business guys are standing there and they had just meandered from the Marta <laughs> station and and I'm sweating and one of them has a, 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 a his plane ticket stub is sticking out of his shirt pocket and I notice it's, it's like he's going to the same city I'm going to and I'm like, I wonder if he's on the same flight. Oh, Look, the airline's the same. And um, and I'm still sweating and huffing and all this sort of stuff. And they're talking about how we're probably all going to, they were going to miss the flight because they were on my, the, turns out was the same flight. Yeah. And I'm standing there sweating and they're looking at me and they're like, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to the same one. And I'm like, well, at least the gate number is, it was like number one or number 100. I forget which, which end it was. <laughs> I'm like, at least it's the one that's right off the train. And they're like, no, no, no. <laughs> the gates are in the other order. It's the one at the far end. <laughs> And so, and so we, the train finally gets there and they're like, can you run? This is one of those times. It was one of those airlines and I forget the name of it, but they, um, they would always overbook every flight and you had to get it, get there and get a number and you didn't have a seat assignment. It wasn't like Southwest today where where you could just get on, you know, they, they oversold every flight and you had to have a number or else you weren't getting on the plane. Um, cause like somebody always got left behind. And so they like, can you run? And I'm like, yeah, I can run. So they took my bags and I ran to the <laughs> other end and I got the last three numbers. I got I get there just before some poor schmuck <laughs> and we and we made the flight and I got that watch and I had it for many years. But, you know, that is not something a sane person would do. <laughs> no, it's not. But you did it and you pulled it off. And I think is if you know, if the doors are closing behind you and, and all of that, there's a sign. I it's felt that way. So, I, I just yeah. felt magical. Like, I can't do anything wrong today. It's just all working in my favor. Wow. <laughs> oh, that my is gosh. Fun, I have many David. stories that like that one, but that was the one that was we so all crazy. Do. Yeah. We all do. You know, and, and like staying up all night to write reports. I mean, didn't you do that? My friends oh, would, and never, yeah. and starting to study for finals the hour before the test. Oh, absolutely. Uh, or never yeah. preparing for speeches. I'm many public speaking moments or even when I was in radio when I would have a a segment where I was supposed to talk about a topic or whatever and I would just no no prep just open the mic or get up on stage and start talking and people would be like wow that must have taken you forever to put together and I would just smile you know like yeah no didn't even think about it just did it just did it we didn't even talk about disorganization cleaning your room by shoving everything under the bed or in the closet or putting a blanket over it all hoping nobody noticed yeah, I just, I, I got to the place where I just quit cleaning. And, you know, yeah. there wasn't any point because I knew where everything was, you know. Always being late to everything. Oh, so My many. family called it Dana time. 
Yeah. I had my own time zone. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I was always late for stuff or just doing everything. My mom used to lecture me like, okay, you, you have enough time, but you don't have enough time for anything that could happen. You know, like <laughs> things could happen. And I'd be like, yeah. who plans? I mean, I didn't, you can't plan for uh, things that you don't uh, plan for. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. That's illogical. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh. Anyway, I hope that this has sparked you, dear listeners, to think about some of the funny ADHD things that you've done, because there are funny things. And it's some beyond what n- normal kid antics and antidotes. It's it's things that you can connect pretty closely back to ADHD. So yeah. we have to wrap up today because, David, I do have a hard stop in a minute. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, 112. This is fun. Hey, do you have a story for us, though? As a listener, you can go to kickstartadhd.com oh, slash yeah. 112. Always the three-digit episode number. So uh, there's a place there for you to leave comments. You can also share your stories with us on Twitter or Facebook. Just search Kick Some ADHD. Yeah, great. Have a great week, everybody. Go out and enjoy some ADHD antics. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Kick Some ADHD with Dana Rayburn and David Johnson. Did you find this helpful? Please share it with everyone you know who, squirrel, uh, um, has ADHD, or might, and leave a rating and a review in your podcast app. It helps other people find us. For more help with ADHD, including information on Dana's ADHD Success Club and episodes of Kick Some ADHD you've missed, go to kicksomeadhd.com. ADHD.com.